Where is the Murdunga? Where is Krishna? How old do you know? How old do you know? Eleven. Jayarata Matova Kunja Bihari Rata Matova Kunja Bihari Gopi Jan Balaba Girivaratari Gopi Jan Balaba Girivaratari Yashodanantana Prashajanadanjana Yashodanantana Prashajanadanjana Jamuna Tira Vanachari Munatira Fanachari Jayorata Matova Kunja Bihari Rata Matova Kunja Bihari Gopi Janna Balaba Girivaradari Gopi Janna Balaba Girivaradari Yashoda Nandana Vrajjanaranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajjanaranjana Jamunatira Vanachari
जमुना चिड़ा बनना चारी जय राधा मथोब कुंजा बिहारी हे राधा मथोब कुंजा बिहारी Jai Om Vishnupad, Panamahamsa, Parakraj, Jikacharashtatilasata Shishimad, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shla Prabhupada Ki, Anantakoti Vaishnava Brindi Ki, Grantara Shimad Bhagavatam Ki, Nitai Gopremanandi, All Glories to Some of Devotees, All Glories to Some of Devotees, All Glories to Some of Devotees, All Glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Narayanam namaskritya naram cheva narotamam devim sarasvatim vyasam tato jayam udirayat Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam uh, Canto 7, Chapter 2 Chapter entitled Hiranya Kashipu, King of the Demons Text number 58 Sri Hiranya Kashipu Vacha Bala evam pravadati Save vismita chetasaha Gyataya menure sarvam Anichamayatotitam Bala evam pravadati Save vismita chetasaha Gatayo meni re sarvam Anicham ayatotitam Bala evam pravadati Save vismita chetasaha Gatio menure sarvam Anichyam ayatotitam
Vateciz. Shri Hiranyakashipu Vacha. Shri Hiranyakashipu said, Bale Yamaraj in the form of a boy. Evam thus. Pravadati was speaking very philosophically. Asave, oh, Vismita. Struck with wonder. Chetasaha, their hearts. Gatiya, the relatives. Menire, they thought. Savam, everything material. Anicham, temporary. Ayata utitam. Arisen from temporary phenomena. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. Hiranyakashipu said, While Yamaraj in the form of a small boy was instructing all the relatives surrounding the dead body of Su Yagya, everyone was struck with wonder by his philosophical words. They could understand that everything material is temporary, not continuing to exist. Translation responsibly. Hiranyakashipu said, While Yamaraj, in the form of a small boy, was instructing all the relatives surrounding the dead body of Suyagya, everyone was struck with wonder by his philosophical words. They could understand that everything material is temporary, not continuing to exist. Purport. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 2.18. Antavanta ime deha nityas yokta shari sorry need my glasses. Uh, Sharirina. The body is perishable, and the soul within the body is imperishable. Therefore, the duty of those advanced in knowledge in human society is to study the constitutional position of the imperishable soul and not waste the valuable time of human life in merely maintaining the body 
and not considering life's real responsibility. Every human being should try to understand how the spirit soul can be happy and where he can attain an eternal blissful life of knowledge. Human beings are meant to study these subject matters, not to be absorbed in, the, not to be absorbed in caring for the temporary body, which is sure to change. No one knows whether he will receive a human body again. There is no guarantee. For according to one's work, one may get anybody, from that of a demigod to that of a dog. In this regard, Sri Madhvachari comments, Aham. I won't read the Sanskrit because I don't have my glasses, so I'll just read them. Only Janardhan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is ever-existing. But his creation, the material world, is temporary. Therefore, Everyone who is captivated by the material energy and absorbed in thinking, I am this body and everything belongs to this body, is mine, is in illusion. One should think only of being eternally a part of Janardana. And one's endeavor in this material world, especially in this human form of life, should be to attain the association of Janardana by going back home, back to Godhead. Omagyan Timadandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chakshun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Bhena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadama Yam Dadati Swapadantikam Vanchakau Paturubyas Chakripa Sindhubieva Chapitanam Pavanebyo Vaishnavebyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadha Shri Vasadi Gora Bhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Ram Rama Hare Hare So in the very beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam uh, it explains the purpose of the book. Uh, the first three verses uh, give a, an understanding uh, of what the Srimad Bhagavatam is about. And it is stated in the very beginning that one of the purposes of Bhagavatam is to explain to us or make us understand the difference between uh, matter and spirit or reality and illusion. Hmm? What is reality? What is illusion? Because at this point in time, we're mixed up. Hmm? At this point in time, we don't understand the difference. What is real, uh, which means sat, and what is asat, or unreal? Uh, the nature of avidya, because Rupa Goswami explains in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu in the Nectar of Devotion. Uh, what covers us in this material world? It is avidya. Avidya means ignorance. Uh, basically, everyone in this world is in ignorance. Uh, what are we ignorant of? We've forgotten our original relationship with Krishna. Uh, therefore, we are, we are ignorant. We've forgotten. We're covered by avidya. Uh, and because we're covered by avidya, then we're stuck in this material world. Uh, because we identify with that which is not. That is the definition of maya. What does maya mean? That which is not. Uh, that is maya. Uh, maya means illusion. We think reality uh, is something that it, different to what it actually is. 
Uh, we think this world is reality. We think it will last forever. That's the way everyone lives in this world. Everyone thinks, oh, it will last forever. We'll just enjoy ourselves. Hmm? But we don't understand that actually everything will be taken away in due course of time. That's the definition of Maya. Uh, we think um, wherever we see happiness in this world, we think that is real happiness, but actually it is suffering. As Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, uh, happiness in the mode of passion is like pleasure in the beginning, but it is poison in the end or long term. And that's the material world because the predominant mode of nature in the material world is Rajagun, right? It is passion, right? That is the overriding uh, mode of nature in the material world. Everyone's passionate. Just like sometimes, you know, I only go into the city maybe every six months, but, you know, I was in there a few months ago <coughs> and I stood there and I just looked at all the people and everyone's passionate. Everyone's like moving like this and Everyone's they are very important to get to that, but what for? What's the actual purpose? Does anyone ever stop and think, what are we actually doing? Why is it so important that we get to this destination today? Why is it so important that we do this particular activity today? This is passion. Everyone's just moving. You get up in the morning. Come on, let's move. Let's do something. And what, do, what is the first thing that everyone does in the Western culture when they get up in the morning? The first thing they do, they drink coffee. And coffee is a stimulant. Right? So they drink coffee first thing in the morning yeah, to stimulate themselves to get passionate. Oh, and let's get moving. Let's do something. Come on. Even if we don't know what we're doing, let's just do it. Yeah, that's mode of passion. Yeah, so everyone in the material world is, is moving like that. So uh, the overriding uh, mode of nature is passion. But Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, passion, it is pleasurable in the beginning. But in the end, it will cause suffering. Uh, and what is the most obvious example in the material world? Uh, is the relationship between men and women. Now, that's the most obvious example of passion. Uh, why do you get into a relationship? Because uh, you think you will enjoy. And hands up if it worked for you so far. Anyone, anyone? Anyone been in a relationship? No? Anyone happy? No? That's the nature of the material world. You think it will give happiness, uh, but actually it gives the opposite thing. Because if it's based on passion, right? if it's based on goodness, it will be the opposite. Now, Krishna says goodness means the nature of sattva gun in the beginning, it is uh, a little bitter or there is some tapasya, or there is some difficulty or challenge. But in the end, it will be peaceful. That's goodness. Passion is the opposite. In the beginning, everything is nice. Oh, it's so nice, it's so nice. No? But then long term, it, it turns into dis displeasure. That is called maya. Maya means you think you'll be happy, but actually you will suffer. That is maya. No? So maya is like that. Yeah. Illusion is like that, avidya is like that. You think you'll be happy in this world, but actually it'll be mainly suffering. That is the material world. Yeah. It doesn't sound very good if you're a kid. Because yeah. you're growing up and you think, oh my God, I just want to be happy all the time. 
Uh, and we should, that's the way we should speak to the kids. We shouldn't give them too much. <laughs> oh, everything is just suffering, everything is just suffering. But because you know, this is an adult class, then we're speaking like that. Because the adults have woken up already and they realize they are suffering. But you just enjoy yourselves. Right? And later on you will suffer. But just enjoy yourself now. <laughs> For now, just enjoy yourself. So, uh, this is the nature of the material world. So everyone here in the material world thinks they will enjoy perpetually. But the enjoyment does not last. That is the nature of Maya. Who is making so much noise in this classroom? Who is making all this noise? Oh, oh my God. Krishna. So therefore, uh, we are meant to hear this philosophy. That's why in the, Bhagavad, in the beginning of the Bhagavatam it says, we have to understand the difference between reality and illusion. That's what the Bhagavatam does. Right? That's why we need to hear it constantly. Uh, just like in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. What is the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita called? Karma Yoga. Very good. Third chapter. So at the, near the end of the third chapter, Arjuna asks a very interesting question to Krishna. He says, Krishna, why is it that sometimes I know I should not do something, but I do it anyway? Well, have you ever done that? Hands up if you ever did that in your life. Uh, everyone, uh, except one person. Uh, one person did not put their hand up, but everyone else put their hand up. Uh, now everyone is doing it. Okay, this is group pressure. Uh, so, uh, in the beginning, right, uh, we're about to do something, and sometimes, have you ever had it where your heart beats very quickly? When you're about to do something you know you should not do? Anyone put your hand up if you had that one? Yeah, it's happened to me. Like, not, not so much recently, but you know, more in the past. Sometimes you're about to do that and your heart just says, oh, very quickly. Right? What is that? That is super soul, Paramatma, saying, hey, <laughs> you're about to do something that you know you should not do. Uh, do not do it. You know, so God is trying to tell you, don't do it. Uh, but then, still, Arjuna says to Krishna, what, what is it that makes me do it even though I know I should not do it? Even sometimes we do something we know in our mind, we know our, our intelligence says, don't do this. But still we go and do it. What is that? So Krishna gives a very interesting answer. Krishna says, Kama Esha, Krodha Esha, Rajaguno, Samudbhava. Uh, Samudbhava means born from. Uh, Rajagun. Rajagun means passion. It is this mode of passion uh, which influences us, we identify with it, and then it makes us do things that we should not do. And then it manifests as calm. Uh, calm is lust, calm, lust, lust in the material world. Uh, lust means, uh, it is defined in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Kamendriya uh, Priti, that we are Atmendriya uh, Priti. We are doing things, Atmendriya, for my senses. That is calm. That is lust. Lust means I'm doing it for me. 
Srila Prabhupada says, as soon as you say, I want, that is sense gratification. I want. Uh, sometimes someone says to you, why are you doing this? I want to do it. Right? That is sense gratification. Uh, that is you. You want it. Uh, but the definition of prema or love for Krishna is Krishnendriya priti. Krishna indriya. Is it pleasing Krishna's senses? Right? That is the definition of love. That is selflessness. In the material world, we do things for ourselves. In the spiritual world, we do things for Krishna's pleasure. Yeah. So sadhana bhakti means we have to learn to practice doing things for Krishna's pleasure. That's why Rupa Goswami says, bhakti means, <coughs> surrender means, uh, sharana, surrender means, sometimes I have to do things that I may not like to do for Krishna's pleasure. What are some examples? Things you may have to do that you don't want to do, but you do it for Krishna's pleasure. A cold shower. A cold shower. Yes. You get up early in the morning, middle of winter. Uh, it is Mongolati. You have to get up early in the morning, right? And then you go to the shower, and the hot water is not working. Uh, ever happened to you in this life? Yeah. <coughs> Maybe it will happen. Okay. No one. Everyone said it didn't happen. So. Not, not a very good example. <laughs> but <clears throat> it may happen. It may happen you are somewhere and the only uh, option is cold water. So what do you do? You have to go to Mongolati, you have to be clean, suchi. So you take a cold bath for Krishna's pleasure. You may not like to do it, but you do it. Or another example, it may be very hot, like summertime. Uh, just like when I got married, when Atulia and I got married, on that day at the farm, it was 40 degrees. Very hot day, right? And the devotees were in the kitchen cooking the feast. So in the kitchen, it must have been like 50 degrees. And one devotee, he was making naan bread for hours. It must have been like 50 degrees, so tapasya. Right? So we don't like to do, sometimes we don't like to do things, but we do it for Krishna's pleasure. Right? This is called tapasya. Right? So that's how you make advancement in spiritual life. You make advancement when you do things for Krishna, but you may not like to do it. Mm. So this is an example of love. Right? If we want to develop love for Krishna, we have to do things for Krishna that we may not like, but it gives Krishna pleasure. And for ourselves, when we are doing things for our pleasure, it may not give pleasure to Krishna, but it gives pleasure, then that is sense gratification. Now, so that is the definition of calm. Calm means lust. And then what is the problem with calm, with lust? Uh, it has a little brother. Who is the little brother of lust? Hmm, Krota, anger. Uh, because he is called Kamanuj. Kamanuj means? Always following calm, always following lust, sense gratification. Wherever there is sense gratification, lust, anger will be just behind. Uh, because if you don't get what you want, you become angry. Uh, has anyone ever got angry before? Hmm? You didn't get the toy that you wanted? Hmm? Wow. One time I was in a toy shop. Hmm? I like to go to toy shops. 
This is my, one of my, this is my sense gratification. I like to go on the toy shop, I walk around and I look, oh, I like this toy, I like that toy. Um, and then I play with all the different toys. And then I go out. I don't buy anything because if I go home with a toy, my wife will think I'm a little bit silly. But I like to play. So I was in the toy shop and I saw one kid and he wanted a toy. And then his mother said, no, you can't have it. And then he, he fell on the ground and he was rolling on the ground and he was crying. Ah. Uh, he was so angry, too angry. Ah. So his mother walked off and he just stayed there on the floor crying. Ah. His mother came back. <laughs> Come on. And he still he wouldn't stop. No, no, no. Ah, just rolling on the ground like this. Went on for maybe five minutes. Uh, so this is anger, crota. And even adults, it's worse when an adult does it. At least when a kid does it, you say, okay, that's silly, but a kid's doing it. When an adult does it, a dog gets upset because they couldn't get what they wanted. Their sense gratification was not satisfied. And then they become angry and so disturbed. That's not very good. But in the material world, many people do like this. Now they get angry over the most insignificant things. That is maya. So, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, <coughs> what forces us to do what we know that we should not do? What is the answer? Hmm? Arjuna says, why do sometimes I do things? Then what does Krishna say? What is the answer? It is lust. And then for the rest of the chapter, chapter 3, then Krishna explains how to deal with the lust. Right? Now, there's two pieces of advice Krishna says. One, he says, you have to regulate your senses. Uh, you have to regulate your senses or control. Uh, that, that is called sadhana. If you want to overcome your lust, you have to have good sadhana. Sadhana means you have to get up early in the morning. You get up early in the morning, you go to Mangalati. You chant your 16 rounds. Then, you hear the Bhagavatam, you do Guru Puja. Then, you take some prasad. You need sadhana. If you do this, if you are regulated, you can overcome this lust. Gradually, you can clean it away. <coughs> then the second point that Krishna makes, if you want to control lust, you have to make your intelligence strong. Because lust is... Uh, lust controls the mind. And if the mind is out of control, you will do any crazy thing. Krishna says, you have to learn to control your mind. Uh, you remember later in the Bhagavad Gita, in chapter 6, Arjuna says, why does the mind give me so many problems? Uh, it is like the raging wind. Uh, so Krishna says, you have to learn to control that mind. Uh, so you have to. So how do you control the mind? Yeah, detach, yeah, Vairagya, That's in chapter six. He says like that. But in chapter three, he says you have to make the intelligence strong, buddhi, because the intelligence is higher than the mind. So the intelligence has to control the mind. Right? How does the intelligence control the mind when it is strong? And how does the intelligence come, become strong? 
by hearing Shastra. That's why Prabhupada says in the morning, we have to hear Shastra. You have to have spiritual uh, instructions in the morning. That's why Prabhupada established Bhagavatam class in the morning. Why are we doing this right now? It's making our intelligence strong. If you go out after class and you do something completely silly because your mind says, I want to go and do this, I want to go and do that, and you go and do it, that means your intelligence is weak. That means you miss the point of the Bhagavatam class. But if you come to Bhagavatam class, you hear nicely in the morning, right? <coughs> and if you live far from the temple, now some people, they live far from the temple, you can't come from Mongolati every day because it takes four hours. Right, so you can't come every day from Mongolati because then you'd have to get up at, uh, you'd have to leave your home at 12.30. Uh, so you'd have to get up at 12 o'clock. means you have to go to bed at 6 o'clock. Uh, you could do it, it's possible. Don't say it's not possible, but difficult. Uh, so if you live too far away from the temple uh, and you cannot uh, come every day, then in your home you have to hear every day. You have to, have to hear Bhagavatam. You have to listen to the lectures. I started doing this many years ago when I was Brahmachari. I, I used to live in this ashram down here for eight years. Uh, then I left and I left it for the, these, these uh, Brahmacharis. I said, now, uh, uh, like you know in the relay race, in the relay you pass the baton. Uh, you know? Oh my God. You know in the Olympics when they run around? And then, you don't know, okay. They, you don't do those races at school, you know, when they run and then you pass the baton and then another one runs and then you give it to the next one. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, a few people don't know what I'm talking about. We'll show you on YouTube, I'll show you. So, you pass the baton. Uh, so I live there, now I've passed the baton to these uh, brahmacharis. Now they are running with the baton, uh, maintaining the brahmachari ashram. And then they will pass it to someone else, and then they will run, and then they, that's the way the system goes. We have to continue. Uh, do not let it stop. Uh, Prabhupada says, do not let it stop. Like the, like the Indian railway, it cannot stop. The trains have to come. Keep it going, keep it going. Like that. Prabhupada says, ISKCON has to be like that. Keep it going, keep it going. You know, 50 years now, 50 years since Radha Vallabha were installed here in Melbourne. And look at the deity worship, one of the highest standards in ISKCON. 50 years, great credit to our leaders uh, in, the, in the temple over the years. So many, so many devotees have kept it going, kept it going. That is our responsibility. Uh, another 50 years, uh, another 50 years, keep it going. Uh, 50, 50 more years. Uh, I might not be here in 50 years. Uh, someone has to keep it going, 50 years. 50 years, huh? keep it going. Uh, so this is the system. You have to keep the service going, keep it going, keep it going. Huh? So uh, how does your intelligence, how does it become strong? All right? It becomes strong by hearing the Shastra. So even when I was a brahmachari, when I first began my do first thing I would do in the morning, I would get up, I would go and take bath, and while I was taking bath, I was listening to lectures from the very beginning of my spiritual life. So when I was a brahmacharya, I was listening every day to lectures, classes uh, on the... Now, what, what do we have now? You listen on the phone now. Now it's on our phone. You know, but back then we used to have tapes. Do you know what a tape is? 
Yeah, you know I'm talking So we used to have tapes. We used to put in the recording. We used to listen. We used to listen. Uh, when I was brahmachari, like between two hours and four hours every day for years and years and years, eight years, just listening, right? We have to listen a lot to these uh, spiritual instructions. So if you're a long way from the temple, uh, these days it doesn't matter. You can listen to the, you can listen live. Just like now, there's so many devotees, they're listening live uh, in their homes. Or you can listen to the recordings or so many different lectures. <coughs> yeah, at the moment I'm listening to Indra Swami. He's giving very nice lectures uh, about Brindavan. Uh, so I'm listening. Now for the last one year, two years, I'm mainly listening to Maharaj. Listen to different uh, devotees, but mainly. So this is the system. This makes the, in, this makes the intelligence strong. Just like these days, people like to go to gym. Right? Everyone goes to gym now. Right? Not everyone, but I mean. Yeah, so many people go to gym now. Right? They go to gym. You know, like, make themselves strong. It's good because you, your body has to be. Otherwise, your body becomes weak. You know, I don't go to gym. I just do exercise at home. But you have to do something with your body. If you don't do something with your body, your body becomes weak. And if your body is weak, then you'll have problems uh, later in life. You know? So you have to do, make your body strong. So how do you make the intelligence strong? Uh, by not looking at your phone, this is the first thing. Uh, this is the system, especially in the temple, we should not look at the phone, this is not the system. Uh, so, how do you make your intelligence strong? Uh, in third chapter, it says, uh, by hearing Shastra. That's why when we come to the temple, we hear the Shastra. Right? And Prabhupada says, if we're in the temple and we're not hearing Shastra, uh, then the essence of the temple will disappear. Uh, the essence of the temple will disappear. Prabhupada said the pujaris will become absorbed in sense gratification. Uh, but if we're always hearing about Krishna, the intelligence becomes strong. Right? And then when the mind gives you problems, you can control the mind. That's how you control your mind. Otherwise, the mind is very difficult to control. Krishna says in the uh, sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, very diffi difficult to control the mind. But the mind can be controlled. So that, that allows us to see the difference between reality and illusion. Right? Reality and illusion. We have to understand what is reality. This is not reality. I mean, this is reality where we are right now in the temple because we're worshipping Krishna. That's reality. But this reality takes us to the original reality. Whereas everything in this material world, it is asat, it is temporary. So don't become too absorbed in it. Become more absorbed in Krishna. So today is very auspicious today. What is today? Disappearance of Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj and Rasikananda Prabhu and Srila Tamal Krishna Maharaj. Yeah, my Guru Maharaj. It's his disappearance day today. Uh, it's a very powerful day. Especially for me, it's a very, very significant day. My guru is 
gone back to Krishna on this day. Uh, but this is also the disappearance of Jagannathas uh, Babaji Maharaj and Rasikananda Prabhu. Jagannathas Babaji Maharaj, you can see uh, his picture is there. Uh, below Gornitai on our right is the furthest picture. Uh, he lived for a very long time actually. It said that he lived till like a hundred and it was 140. He lived 140 years, it was at least 120, but it was very long time, 120 or 140 like that. He lived for a very long time, and uh, he was the one who Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is just here, uh, furthest on our right. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, uh, he was trying to establish where is the yoga pit. Uh, where is the appearance place of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Mayapur? <coughs> and then he came uh, to the place where he thought was the yoga pit and he brought Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj. At that time, Jagannath Das Babaji Maharaj was very old, over 100 years old. And they were carrying him in a basket. His uh, servant, Bipin, was carrying him. So then he brought him there. And then when he was put down in the basket, immediately he jumped out of the basket. He was over 100 years old. And he started dancing. And he said, this is Nimai Jamma Bhumi. This is Nimai Jamma Bhumi. This is the place where Nimai was born. This is the place where Nimai was born. This is the place where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared. So Bhaktivinoda knew this was the actual place. Uh, he lived there in Mayapur. Uh, and he was very advanced uh, personality. So we remember him today. We remember Rasikananda Prabhu today. We remember Tamokrishna Maharaj today. So I'll stop here. Are there any questions or comments on anything we discussed? Yeah. Thank you. Please take your microphone. <laughs> Uh, you said that we have come in this world because of vidya, ignorance. So then why isn't knowledge enough for us to go back home, back to Godhead? Why do we need like, um, why do we need to know like bhakti and... What's the question? You said that knowledge, um, we've come in this world because yeah, of avidya. Yeah. And so then why isn't knowledge, um, in, why isn't knowledge enough for us to t go back home, back to Godhead? Why isn't knowledge enough? Yeah. <coughs> knowledge is enough, but it has to be divyagyan. Divyagyan hride prakashito. In, in Guru Puja, we sing divyagyan, spiritual knowledge, transcendental knowledge, knowledge about Krishna. Hride prakashito, it makes the heart illuminated. So that knowledge, but then. There's two types of knowledge. There's theoretical knowledge, jnana, and there is vijnana. Vijnana means realized knowledge, where you act on it. So like today, you've got knowledge in the class, but then it's not theoretical. You don't just go outside and say, oh, that was a nice class, or we heard some nice things, and now we just go off and play with toys all day. For the next 20 years, we just play with toys. Nothing else. Uh, then that's just, that's just theoretical knowledge, you understand? So 
Uh, Vigyana means realized knowledge, which means that, okay, we heard the class, we got the knowledge, but now I will put the knowledge into practice. Today I'll do some service for Krishna. Uh, and then it is Vigyana, it is realization. Uh, and now you're serving Krishna with the knowledge. That will take you back to Krishna. Does that make sense? You understand? Yeah. Um, I have one more question. Yeah. You said that when we say, I want this, it means we want sense gratification. Yeah. But then when we say, I want Krishna Bhakti, I want Krishna Prem, is that also sense gratification or is it different? It depends what your motivation is. Right? You can say, I want Krishna Bhakti, I want Krishna Bhakti, I just want to serve Krishna. But really what you're saying is, I just want to be a devotee so I can come to the temple and eat all the milk sweets. Because you might be doing that. <clears throat> you might think the main reason I want to go to the temple is because I get all the milk sweets. After Mongolia, I go and I, I take them all before the other devotees can have them. And that's why I come. So that is sense gratification. Because you're just thinking about yourself. So that is not Krishna Bhakti. It's Krishna Bhakti because at least you're coming to the temple, and at least you're taking Krishna's prasad. But it is not completely selfless. It is not unalloyed devotion. It's not pure devotion like that. So you have to see what is your motivation. That's the main thing. Does it make sense? Yes, thank you. Yeah, good. Very good questions. Very good. Any other questions? Uh, do any adults in this temple have questions? Uh, only the children have questions. Uh, anything else? Okay. Srila Prabhupada Ki? Yeah.